from the 15th floor of the Energy Building, this is GNR Airtime, the podcast that explores the current trends from emerging and well-established industries hosted by the lawyers of GNR. This podcast is for general guidance only and does not constitute definitive advice. Hello listeners, welcome back to GNR Airtime. I'm Kevin. And I'm going to be your host for today's podcast episode. Today, we will be accompanied by two of GNR associates who have always been dedicating their knowledge and also their time for the development of capital market practice in GNR. I'm really excited to welcome them today. Welcome back, Bang Rizal, and welcome, Bang Tias. Hi, John. Hi. As you might have aware, Bang Rizal has previously shared his knowledge with us on episode 9. But today, we're going to discuss something that is not less interesting. We're going to discuss about electronic general meeting of shareholders. As a background, GMS is one of the organs of the company, having the authority that are not vested in the board of the commissioners and board of directors of a company. Basically, well, it's a meeting of shareholders of a company where they resolve several corporate matters. However, nowadays, it can be really challenging to convene a physical GMS due to current situation, particularly if the shareholders are located outside of company domicile or Indonesia. So, on that note, I'm going to start with Bang Rishal. So, Rishal. Our company law. Does it facilitate the use of media electronic or video conference to convene with GMS? Hi, John. Uh, there is no restriction to conduct a electronic or video conference of a GMS. So our company law has allowed limited liability companies or PT to utilize technologies in conducting a GMS. As uh, you correctly pointed out, Article 77 of our company law stated that in addition to a physical GMS, the GMS can also be held through teleconference, video conference, or other electronic media, which uh, then will allow all the relevant parties to see and hear each other directly and also to participate in the meeting. On top of that, the company law also allows the relevant companies to govern their, the mechanics and the requirements of uh, electronic GMS in their respective articles of association. So, in short, uh, the company law does facilitate the electronic uh, GMS and there is no restriction to do so. Okay, thank you, Bang Rishal. So, uh, Tias, understand that our company law already facilitated the electronic GMS. So, does that also capture the eGMS or electronic GMS for public companies? Yeah. Hi, Jono. So this is actually something that was newly introduced in POJK 15 and POJK 16, which were both issued on 20, the 21st of April 2020. So previously, there was actually kind of a, a lack of detailed regulation on eGMS for public companies. So yeah, uh, can you take us through on the steps that needs to be taken for public companies to convene eGMS through electronic system? Uh, sure, but uh, first I'd just like to address that there's a common misconception that we have with eGMS under POJK 15 and POJK 16. What some people might imagine is eGMS means that you're doing the the whole GMS electronically and everything is is through the internet. But when you read Article 8 of POJK 16, that's actually not the truth. What this POJK requires is that you still need a physical meeting from certain personnel. You must at least have the chairman of the GMS, which is typically the president commissioner or anybody else who appointed by the Articles of Association of the company. Mm-hmm. Second, you need one director and or you need one commissioner. And third, you also need the capital market support professions uh, physically attending the meeting as well. And right, so it's not exactly like a, a fully online online meeting, which 
the name kind of suggests, but it's actually technically not true when you when you read the Article 8 of POJK 16. But I would also like to highlight that this, despite this, Article 9 does provide an exemption. It says, under certain conditions, you are allowed to have a fully online meeting without any physical attendance by the chairman, director, or the capital market professions I, I said earlier. And basically, uh, we have two options if you want to do an EGMS. First option, which is the, the more common one, the more popular one, is you still have that uh, physical attendance, as Article 8 requires, by the chairman, the director, and the boarding professionals. And then you also have some of the shareholders, but you kind of you give them a quota. So you say, okay, we're only going to let 10 people in, and it's first-come, 1st first serve basis. And after that, then you'll just have to uh, do it electronically and, and give your e-proxy. Most, most companies go, will go with this first option. The, the second option is, uh, for example, in this COVID-19 situation, you can actually have a, a fully online meeting, but I, I don't think a lot of companies have opted with that option yet. And for your next question, for the steps, it's basically almost similar to what to the previous steps under POJK 32 of 2014. Uh, first, you need to give an agenda to OJK saying what the, what the GMS is going to, uh, to decide on, what they're going to discuss. Then second, you need to give an announcement of the GMS to the public. And then after that, you give a GMS invita invitation to the public. And in, the, in this invitation, you, you set out the instructions of if, you're, if you want to go through e-proxy and you didn't get a quota to attend physically, then, you're, you're going to, then it's going to give you like a list of instructions. You, you log into EasyCasay and then you, you give your proxy and then you have the right to cast your vote until a day before the, the GMS. Okay, so do they need to manage their articles to convince the GMS? Public companies don't have to adjust their articles of association right now. Under the POJK 15, they still have 18 months as of the issuance of the rule, which means that they still have until 21 October 2021 to make the amendments to the articles of association. Is there any new provisions on the announcement and invitation for the GMS? Now, according to these new rules, the, for the announcements and invitations of the GMS, you'll need to make them in Bahasa Indonesia or a foreign language, which is typically you end up using English. And you no longer need newspaper announcements as long as you're listed. So that should be able to save some, some cost and, and save some time because you're, you're no longer dealing with newspaper announcement. You just need to upload it to the uh, designated websites. I see. Thank you, uh, Bang Tias. Now we already covered the steps for public companies to convene the GMS electronically. So, Richelle, can you explain now that what will happen during the EGMS itself for public companies? Uh, I think before answering your question, we need to first clarify that uh, as of now, all the EGMS that have been conducted were done using the ECSA system. Mm -hmm. So I will answer your question using the framework of uh, EGMS that is conducted using ECTKSA system. Similar to uh, a typical GMS, in uh, EGMS also there, there is this uh, opening by the chairman of the meeting and there is this discussion on whether the quorum for the meeting has been accomplished and there is this discussion on the agenda. Mm -hmm. And there's a voting of the agenda. And lastly, there's a closing of the meeting itself. So similar. But you can imagine in terms of the setting of the room, you will see some GMS will put the shareholders in one separate rooms and all the key people to conduct the meeting in a separate room. Or sometimes they are put in the same room, but uh, with the social distancing rules applicable. In terms of the quorum attendance, what is different from a physical meeting is that there is this e-proxies element, right? 
of the shareholders that do not attend the meeting in, in, in person. So in order to calculate the quorum for the meeting, the GMS needs to consider not only the attending shareholders, which attend the meeting physically, but also they need to consider the attending proxies. So th- this proxies will act based on a manual proxies from certain shareholders or based on an e-proxy provided under the ECSA system. So what would happen is that the share registrar will take a look at the CSA system to see the data of shareholders providing the proxies through the CSA system that was posted like D-1 to the meeting and they will consider the quorum there. So once the quorum has been accomplished, of course, if you're talking about quorum, it depends on the agenda. Once the quorum has been accomplished, then we move to the next phase, i.e. the discussion. In terms of the discussion itself, of course, the attending shareholders can participate in the meeting directly. But what about the shareholders that did not attend the meeting, but they provide proxies already? What happened now? Kasey hasn't provided live chat kind of a facility to facilitate the virtual discussion. But uh, this is something that they would implement in the near future. So only the attending shareholders can participate in the discussion of the agenda. Now, the next step is the voting itself. In terms of the voting, similar to the calculation of the quorum, you need to consider both shareholders attending the meeting physically and also shareholders who provide their voting through the e-proxy system. In short, that's what happened in uh, EGMS. Okay, thank you, Bang. Uh, But what about electronic voting, Bang? Is it something that is recognized under the law? Actually, the rule allows concept of e-voting where shareholders attending virtually can cast their vote using the ECSA system. But uh, because this is not available yet, so what has been happening is that these shareholders needs to provide their vote one day in advance okay. to their proxies. Their proxies will attend the meeting physically and gonna cast the vote on their behalf. Okay, thank you, Marisha, for your explanation. Uh, Bang Tias, do you think there are any particular issues or, well, I don't know, things that need to be considered for public companies to convene in electronic GMS? From legal perspective, what are the pros and cons of having electronic GMS bank compared to the physical one? Well, I mean, I know it's still a new thing, but is there any common issues or obstacles for companies to convene electronic GMS? So for, for the first point for consideration, mm-hmm. uh, when you consider the, the current uh, past baby situation that we have now and also COVID-19 going on where if there's a mass public gathering, then you're kind of at risk of of getting sick. And then you're kind of also at risk of breaching any local laws that are in place that say that you can't have a mass gathering. So best consideration or or the main consideration is you want to make sure that your GMS is, is in compliance with these local regulations and that you don't get in trouble for holding a GMS. And the best approach would, would, of course, to have the EGMS ready. You can either do it by using the exemption, have everything online, no physical attendance whatsoever. Or you can use the second approach where you have some physical attendance by the key persons and probably five or six shareholders. You, you put a quota and then you you have the GMS and then the people can watch it electronically. I guess that's the best way to keep yourself safe and also to make sure that your GMS complies with any local regulations that are in place. And for the pros, since now you have... A 
EGMS where you don't have maybe thousands or hundreds of people in, in one room together. That means for public companies, you can probably save some expenses because you don't have to rent a, a huge ballroom anymore for the shareholders. Maybe sometimes you don't have to buy souvenirs for all the thousands of public shareholders who, who are coming in. And also you don't have to think about the other logistics such as food and seating and other things for the public shareholders. So that's, and, and another emphasis is, again, you're complying with local regulations when, when you're not doing a mass gathering. Because typically from what we've seen, these EGMS will only have like probably 10 to 15 people in, in physical attendance. The rest are, are all through uh, e-proxy and EGMS. And for the obstacles, uh, you, you're right, actually, it's it's quite new. And some people are, are still struggling with how, how to get the system to work. But before we go there, I'd, I'd just let, like to highlight that under the Pajiga 15 and, and 16, so there's what we call an EGMS provider. So it can either be from one that's appointed. So that would be EasyCase currently. That, that's the one that we use, EasyCase. And second, the public company itself can make their own EGMS system. But then that's, again, subject to other uh, requirements and other regulations. So usually what, what, what we've seen so far is people only use the EasyCase to this date. But... In the future, we, we could start seeing uh, maybe IT public companies, they run their own uh, EGMS system. And to, to get back to the obstacles, so since this is a, a fairly new system and people are still trying to figure out what's going on, one of the obstacles or, or perhaps the cons of, of having an EGMS is that for the public company, you're going to need more time to prepare for the EGMS. You're going to need to coordinate with CASE, with the other professionals as well. You need to make sure that on D-Day, the e-voting, the, the the way that the EGMS is carried on. You have to make sure that everything everything works perfectly, right? Uh, you have to make sure that all the votes are counted, all the proxies are in order. And from experience, that does take a couple of days of coordination to make sure that everything's in line for D-Day. So that's one of the cons is you're going to need more time. Outside of the things that, the, that you're already doing to prepare for the GMS, you're going to need additional time to make sure that the easy case is up and working properly and all the proxies, all the votes are, are also calculated properly as well. And also another technical problem of, of this, at least at the date of this recording, I'm not, I'm not sure in the future, maybe this will already be fixed, is that for the e-proxy system uh, right now with easy case, it only works for Indonesian individuals. So any legal entities or foreigners, you're, you're going to have to use a, a manual power of attorney. You can't use the e-proxy that's uh, located in the easy case. So only Indonesian individuals can actually use the EasyCase. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. EasyCase is still relatively new. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, of course, they're always going to update as, as the months go by and add new features. And also maybe maybe someday a public company is going to make up their own system, which works better maybe. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Thank you very much, Tias, uh, on this. Uh, Manisha, on our role as lawyers, do you see any significant changes to the roles of lawyers when public companies, you know, convening their GMS electronically? Yeah, I think there's no significant change to our roles as lawyers um, because first, the main process of conducting a GMS is pretty much the same with a physical GMS where you need to have uh, the announcement of the agenda to OJK. You need to also do the announcement and also invitation. That's pretty much the same. And I think uh, one part where we spent quite a bit of time was to basically to explain the key changes in the roles to our clients and uh, to get them familiar with this new process. But I think there's some key difference yeah, in terms of the scope of announcement. I think, yes, you can add on that. Yeah, hi, sure. I think another thing that, that might change for lawyers, as uh, Bang Rishal m- mentioned previously, this 
this is a fairly new regulation and, and the lawyers will, of course, kind of have to handhold the, the client through some of the processes for the EGMS. And another thing that might change for lawyers is we're, we'll need to translate the announcement and the invitation for the GMS as well. So that's some additional work for, for, the, for the junior lawyers. Okay, Bang Tias, thank you for pointing that one out. So it's going to be an extra work for the junior lawyers like me. Eh? Okay, again, thank you, Bang Richard, and also Bang Tias for sharing. I think it is going to be really, really interesting to see the development of electronic general meeting of shareholders. And who knows, maybe it's going to be the new normal to convene the general meeting of shareholders for both private and public companies. Thank you both for the fruitful discussion. Sure, happy to join. I really hope that we can discuss again in another interesting future episode of DNR at time. I hope you guys like it and found it useful. So I'm Kevin. See you again in the next episode. Stay safe, guys. Bye.